tasting, touching, and seeing the thoughts. But it's not even as clear as that because it doesn't see the thoughts. It it believes it's the doer of the thoughts. It's thinking the thoughts. So seeing becomes like a doing that you are doing. I'm seeing. I'm seeing. Like I'm doing the seeing. I'm thinking. I'm hearing as if it's a chore almost. I'm hearing. I could take a vacation from hearing. I'm tired of fucking hearing. I'm hearing. As if you're doing it. There's a feeling that you're doing it. Or a sense that you're the one that's doing it. And the thinking, for sure. I'm definitely the thinker of these thoughts. Most people take that's the view that's going on. It's a mental view. No one's having the view. The mind's having that view. That there's a you that's thinking. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But the raw data is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing thoughts. Like you'd see a bird fly by a window. If, if your eyes were looking that way, you'd see it. Yeah. There's no real choice in the matter. If your eyes are open and you're conscious, yeah, something flies by, you see it. So the seeing really is before the you, if you really notice it. The first thing that that shows itself is conscious contact. That's the basis of living here. Is the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and witnessing thoughts. Yeah. Conscious contact. So conscious contact, I would say, as as far as you could go here, is sort of the end of the line or the beginning of the line. Yeah can't go anywhere farther than that because there's, without that there'd be no life. Without you there's a life. Yes? Without this and that there's a life. But without that there would be no life. So you're getting close to something, yeah? If you go that way. So consciousness, let's just say, is if you don't want to say it's the source of life, at least it's the farthest thing you can get to that seems to be uh, the first aspect of living. It's consciousness. There's got to be a consciousness to note if anything's happening. If there isn't, is the world really happening to you? If you ever die, like if you ever overdose, you stop totally. I mean, there wasn't a you thinking, oh, I just overdosed. It was done. The thought that voice box is part of the body. Everything just came to a halt and there's not going to be anyone missing anything. It's just not there anymore. So, conscious contact, I would say, is at least prior to you and I. So, I'd say conscious contact is at least before we are. It it actually illuminates the idea of being a me. Consciousness. So, there's consciousness. And consciousness is always going to be before you. In any life, this life, whatever. And it's never going to switch. It's never going to be at a point where you become prior to consciousness. Because you are, is an experience of consciousness, really. It's a mental experience. It's a mental uh, event that the consciousness is witnessing. It's seeing the mind make up a you. And then having that sense of a you and claiming everything that happens 
which is noted by consciousness as having something to do with the you. It's either happening to me or happened by me. Yeah. yeah? So there's always the mind will write the story of life with you as the denominator. My life, my past, my future, my family, my this, my that. So the mental process, which is after, if you, I don't like the idea of after, before, but let's just say in this little example, the mental process, which is way after consciousness, yeah, because there would be you, there'd be no knowing the mental process and the products of the mental process unless you were conscious. The mental process could be selfing like crazy, but if you're out, if you're not conscious, there's no experience of the mental process and the, and a life interpreted as a self. There's not going to be an experience of it here. There's no way. Yeah, it's sort of like. Life without consciousness would be like a dark room. It would be inhabited by the absence of light, which is darkness. There would be nothing going on. You wouldn't see anything. You wouldn't know what was happening. Yes? All you could do is speculate. All the mind could do is speculate about what could possibly happen because it doesn't have any evidence of seeing, hearing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching yet. But consciousness is that light. That's what gives us the experience of being here, is the light of consciousness. And of course I'm using a subjective language that objects use, which is difficult to express clearly this whole point, because it always writes itself as you again. You're the one who's going to have to hear this message. No. No. There's no need for you. You're, the you that, the you never hears this message. It hears a message that it interprets, but it never hears the message, because to hear the message is the sense, the absence of a you, sooner or later, yeah? Which the you cannot do. The you can never, never imagine its own absence, the selfing, yeah? But what you are can imagine its absence or entertain its absence because it's not that. It's not selfing, yeah? So there is conscious contact. And in that conscious contact, Let's use the word consciousness. Consciousness is having an experience here. By moving through a body or an object to have a relationship with another object, be it a mental object, like a thought or a feeling, or physical objects like chairs and people. Yes? So consciousness is having an experience in a way, of itself as other. Yeah? It can't have an experience of itself because really, truly, all there is is that. So how could consciousness have an experience of itself if all there is is consciousness? It can't. The best it can possibly do is, all right, I'm going to appear as something other than consciousness. I'm going to take a form, yes? And, in, and through that form... I will have, as another form, I will have an experience of myself as form. Yeah? But all form is consciousness. Just like uh, there's an old Buddhist uh, sutra that says, emptiness is, uh, emptiness is form and form is emptiness. Yes? So emptiness, which is consciousness, it's empty of being a thing. Yeah? It's not an object. You can't know it because all there is is that. 
emptiness is form, it's the appearances of all things, and form is emptiness. So form, even though it looks like a desk and a chair and a person and this and that, form is truly emptiness. It's the appearance of emptiness as form. Yeah? So emptiness is form and form is emptiness. So consciousness is appearing as form, so it has an experience of itself. Yeah? As other, let's say. I have no idea, but let's just say that's a nice way of putting it, at least to me. <laughs> so, so here's conscious contact. So that's the living. Like Buddha said, events happen. Yeah, like this is an event, seemingly. Deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. It's not contradicting that events are happening and deeds are being done. Yeah, Acts are going on and events are happening, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah? It's just the doing which is life. It's the doing, the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching. Yes? That's living. That living doesn't... For that living to appear here, there's got to seem... There has to be an appearance of a seer and what's seen. Yeah? There has to be an appearance of a seer and one seeing for contact to be occurring. Yeah? If all there was was consciousness, there would be no contact because it was never out of contact. Yeah? All it is is consciousness. But here, it can seem to be different, and so there's seer here, seeing, dead. But the same at the same moment, dead as a seer is seeing this as an object. Yeah? So the seer is seeing Deb as an object, and then the seer there is seeing Paul as an object. Or it's seeing an object called Paul. Yeah, it's incredible, really. But the same seeing, the same seer is what's looking out of each of our heads. So it's like millions of cameras with the same cameraman and woman seeing itself as other. So I'm sitting here seeing Deb as an, an object called Deb, and, and I'm believing I'm the subject. Yeah, I'm the seer, obviously. It feels like I'm seeing Deb as an object. And it probably feels to Deb that she's seeing this as an object that she knows by the name of Paul. But the seer is the same. It's only the mental process that says it's different. The mental process has claimed the seeing, yeah, as I said before, it's it's put the consciousness in front of it and claimed it. So now Paul thinks is Paul, this idea of being a Paul, a body, believes it's seeing them. It believes it's hearing that noise. And now it has a memory by the absence of the noise. Yeah? It has an experience of its absence because it actually had a memory of it being present. See the mind? It's trippy. So here's the mind, I mean, here's consciousness, seeing, everyone seeing right now, everyone seeing, but the story, the mental process in your noggin is telling you is that it's you seeing. You seeing, you seeing, you seeing, you seeing, you seeing, you seeing, you seeing. But truly, it's only the I-I, the real I that's seeing, which is consciousness. The pseudo-I is Paul. Yeah? The make-believe subject is Paul. But what's truly seeing is the I. 
the eye of consciousness. So, like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. What you came with is what you came here for. Yeah? What's looking, this idea of being Paul, is what you're looking for. Yeah? You can't see it because you think you're looking for it. If you realize, maybe, just maybe, there isn't a Paul, that flash of seeing may hit you. Like a Zen bitch slap. It may just wake you up for a minute. Where you get an inside look of what's going on here, which all there is is seeing. There's no one seeing. There's just seeing through seemingly all these different ones. If you followed it back, through all the different cameras and the cases and the different names, Pentax and Nikon and whatever, and all the different garbs that the camera tripods dressed in, if you took it all the way, all the way back, you would arrive at what's seen. No matter what the dress of that tripod was, if you took it back, if, if the awareness that, and the attention that's streaming out based on this... Uh, way of looking called self-centeredness, yes? Which this object takes itself to be the subject and then sees you as an object, yeah? yeah. When, if you took it back, you would see that after you get through all the ideas of being different, the same act of seeing is happening through every one of us right now. There's absolutely no difference in what's streaming through these seemingly different bodies and with different circumstances and different conditions. The seeing is exactly the same. It's consciousness, yes? So consciousness is the cameraman and camera woman that's looking at, it as it, at itself as other through this camera and this tripod. So the basic denominator of living here, the experience of it, is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then seeing thoughts like you would see a... a you know, a bird, if your eye was looking out the window. Seeing thoughts, same way. You see mental objects as you see physical objects. And actually, everything is really a mental object. The mind is dreaming this place of appearances. So in a sense, this is a dreamt object by the eye, the true eye, that's looking through each and every one of these dreamt objects. And having an experience here, of itself as other. Yes? But if you get back down to it, every one of us, every one of us, the basis of our life is conscious contact. There's something that's aware of what's being seen, and the seeing is the act of consciousness. Yes? Not the awareness of what's being seen, but the seeing. The hearing is another form of seeing. The tasting is another form of seeing. The, the smelling is another form of seeing. The feeling is another form of seeing. The witnessing mental objects such as thoughts and sensations and feelings is another form of seeing. But the nature of seeing is what we must be. Because it's prior to anything that we call ourselves. So, here... If you have the sense of conscious contact, which is very available because you're conscious, so you can sense the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching all day, 
and and there's a resting in that, you'll have immunity to all the punchlines of that story of being Paul or Mary or Sue in this little linear storyline. You'll have an immunity to that because you'll know what's actually living this life and it's not you. And if it's not you, then whose life is it anyway? And if there's a sense that it's not yours, your mind, your attention and interest, which is directed by that mind, will lose interest in it, and your interest and attention will be freed to rest in what? The present experience of being conscious. Not as you, but being conscious, as consciousness. which is a product of a mental process and tries to present you as the one that's conscious, you will see also that as not true. Yes? And then when it arises again and says, well, I'm the one that's actually really, I even noticed that that wasn't me that said it was seeing, that's also not you. And whatever arises cannot be you because you are prior to all arising and you're there when everything goes. There was no point where you finally showed up and there's no point where you're going to leave. You can't recognize it starting because it never started. It's sort of like being in... It's like the mind, the way our head is conditioned, it cannot recognize something that's always so. It's impossible for it. It only notices things that weren't here and then are here and then are gone. But to recognize what's always so, it can't. It's impossible. So it misses out, just like gravity. In your physicality, everyone is at the effect of gravity. I was walking down a steep hill on this hike today, and the force and the momentum of gravity driving me to go freaking off the cliff, basically. I had a, my knees were just trying to heel in because there was this incredible force. You don't see it, but you see it by its effects. You know, I'm fucking gaining a lot of speed going down the hill, and I don't want to go that fast because I'm going to go flying off here. So gravity affects us constantly here in this mental realm we're experiencing. And yet none of us very, very rarely ever feel the gravity. Sometimes we notice its effects, like when you're climbing downhill. But you don't notice it most of the day. But it's always upon you as a physicality. The gravity never lets up. That's why you don't know it, that it's here. It's just as if when you were born, someone put a hand on your shoulder and and it has always been there. You would never know it was there because it's always been there. Only when it was lifted, you would realize it by its absence. You go, Jesus Christ, that was a fucking heavy hand I had on my shoulder for 40-something years. But before that, you would have no idea because it had always been so. What we are has always been so, in a sense, and what we're not can never recognize it. That's why it's so beautiful just to take this other backdoor way and just see, instead of trying to know the ocean as a wave, recognize you're not a wave. As soon as you see that you're not a wave, that's the ocean. You don't have to study about the ocean anymore. It's just like the young lion, when it finally saw the old lion's reflection in the pond with its face and its reflection, it woke up. 
the first, the, the prior five years, it was trying to become a sheep in the sheep herd when it got adopted by them. But the whole time it had a lion nature, but it never entertained it had a lion nature. It had, it may have entertained lion natures, but it always entertained lion natures as a sheep nature, which is never going to bring about the quote-unquote transformation from a sheep into a lion because a lion can't transform into a lion. An appearance is never going to be solid enough to to become a non to become a non-appearance. <laughs> There's just a recognition that it's an appearance. Doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's just an appearance. You came and went. What else is an appearance? Just because you think you have duration, that makes it seem more solid than the poor bug that woke up this morning and then is dead by you know twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Its life was an hour, maybe two hours. Landed on some ship for a little while, and that was that. Finished. Yeah. We have. We think we're real because we have more duration. The mind just took this construct of time and went, woo! And then you, the mind just keeps telling a story about you, 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 you. It's an appearance. But what's the events that are happening and the deeds are being done and the consciousness that it informs of those events happening and deeds are being done are sort of real here. They're the, they're the activity of consciousness. Living. Yeah? It's the interpretation by mind that I'm the one that did that and I'm the one that set up that event. That's the bogus story. It doesn't mean the events don't happen and deeds are done, aren't done. They're done, but there's no individual doer thereof. If there's an individual doer thereof, then you will find something wrong with what you've done or what others have done, and so on and so forth. And then as soon as you open up to the possibility of that things could be different, selfing just explodes. So many people who talk with me, it always gets down to this bottom line. Something is happening to me that I, I think could be different. Yeah. The first statement is the whole matrix of self-centeredness. Life is seen as happening to you. Yeah. So something is happening to me, and as soon as that's noted as a me that it's happening to, the mind reacts with, and I think it could be different. And then it just goes off on how different it could possibly be without changing a damn freaking thing. Except causing an incredible unbearability. Sort of like someone finally leaves you after two years of benign neglect in a relationship. You barely gave her any attention. She finally leaves and then she becomes the source of all your happiness. Then the mind believes that and you suffer exquisitely her absence when you weren't enjoying her presence at all for two freaking years. But you exquisitely and suffer her absence. Can you see that? This is mind, 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 mind. This incredible loop of self-importance. Jesus Christ, it's killing us. And yet, every moment, the reality shines through all the stories. Because without what's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, there wouldn't be a story about what was seen, heard, felt, tasted, and touched. You wouldn't have a whole freaking story about you without the light of consciousness.
So an appearance obviously is never going to arrive at the truth as an appearance. Because the truth is, it's an appearance. <laughs> There's no reality to it in a sense. Yeah. Its reality is of what's appearing, which is consciousness. So the wave recognizes it's the ocean, never as a wave, but when it entertains it's not the wave. That's when it sees the ocean. It's, it doesn't see it, it sees from it. Yeah. And it's always been being seen from the oceanus, but it had a mental interpretation that it was a wave. So all it does is see other waves, and all its in, interest and attention is about how waves are doing. If some waves getting to the shore faster than me, and becomes incredibly special to be a wave, and yet we suffer the loss, seeming loss of the ocean. So maybe some of us are brought to the point of studying the ocean, but we're always studying it and practicing it as a wave. It's pointless. Recognize you're not the wave, that's it. Because you are already that which you see, but not as a wave. You are already that which you seek. So it's when the seeking stops, there's nothing more to do. You don't have to become what you already are. You already are that. It's the illusion or the dream or the story that informs you constantly, informs the ocean that it's a wave. And the ocean has become identified with that information, so it's now living as a wave all the while being ocean. So all it needs is to see it's not a wave and that's the ocean. And even in the appearance of the wave, that's the ocean. So the appearance doesn't end. You keep appearing to others as a wave, but you're living as an ocean again. Yes. So you travel later through wave world. <laughs> and you have a very secure sense of being wet at all times. <laughs> This place is about trying to get wet, isn't it? Constantly. Because we assume that we're dry. It's the biggest lie of them all. The biggest lies, there's so many of them, but you know, having, trying to get into the moment is one of the biggest lies of all time. How can you ever be out of the moment? <laughs> the moment is the act of consciousness. Yeah, that's it. Without that, there would be no moment. How could you ever get out of that? So why you try so hard to get in it? <laughs> All you're trying hard to get in it is actually the form of being out of it. You can't be out of it, but it takes the form of actually being out of it. Because you're so sure you're not in it, you're trying to get in it, and that's being out of it. Yeah, it's so beautiful. You can put all those books down and chill out. Yeah. Do what's on order, you know, whatever comes up. You know, you'll be probably of service here, in spite of yourself, really. Because everything here is functional in a lot of ways, and you, you may, even though you may not think you have any value, everything has value here because of what is expressing through us, which is the value of all values, consciousness. And the head will come 
constantly arise and write itself into the story of knowing the ocean. Yeah. It wants to hold on to that being a wave at all costs. Even if it is denying the ocean, it will go to that length. But every time it tries to, it's going to say, because it's formulated in self-centeredness, there is, your voice is not unique. That little yapping in the head is totally managed and made up and reinforced by a system of mind called self-centeredness. It cannot think without thinking it's the doer and haver somehow. It ha cannot think about life without it having some relevance in how life's going to go. Yeah? It's the bottom line of all of the mental interpretations that you are relevant. You have something to do with this. You can say yes and no to God. If you don't want to know God, you can live as if there isn't a God. And if you want to know God, you can dedicate your whole life to it. Yeah. It's always relevant, but this is really the state of, I need do nothing. Yeah. The totally short circuit, that engine of doing and having. I need do nothing. And then when doing occurs, is there a doer? And is it a you, or is there a just a doing? Feel it. Yeah. And once it starts communicating to you, consciousness, in the act of being conscious, will intimate something to mind. Follow on it, man. It's a free sample. See what it's like to have a life led without being dominated by thought. To see that thought is a bogus system of knowing anything here. To see that the narration of life is a way of not being in life. Because when conscious contact is interpreted by the mind, it takes time to interpret it. So the moment of contact, for all intents and purposes, you're not aware of. Because you're waiting for the head to tell you what happened. And that takes time here. And if it takes time, what you're calling the present moment is not the present moment. It's the past moment that's been interpreted. So that you can understand as a self what the fuck's happening here. And then the next moment and the next moment and the next moment are always a story about the prior one. Yeah? If you believe in time, which we do, we believe in time as a self. That's our whole story, that I have duration, so therefore I'm real. I've been here, and I'm going to be here, and that's why I'm worthy of being worrying about, because I'll be here later. So duration of time plays a huge role in the idea of being a self. Yes? And even the present moment isn't the present moment. Obviously, it's, uh, it's made up the idea of being a moment, and it's really wrapped in pastness. It's all just an interpretation by your head. So it, it separates all there is as all there is and makes it a, a moment in time. And even that moment of time is not even close to capturing what's happening. It's just an interpretation of what happened yeah, in time. You cannot be in the moment if you're in time. It's impossible. Because every moment in time is a past moment. It's an interpretation of a past moment. Conscious contact 
is what say in the moment, but even that, that's the moment sounds like it's time. There's just what's happening, and all that's happening is conscious contact. All that's happening is the verb of living, being, always. There's no noun to be found. Nothing has actually ever happened to you. It's just happening. Segways are perfect, huh? <laughs> One night I was at a cafe years ago and we were talking to someone about, you know, you're not this person, you're not that. And then that old talking head song came on. Is this your house? Is this your beautiful wife? It was like a perfect segue for the, to talk. It was great. There is a great choreography here because mind's dreaming. And mind is like, in a sense, combined Spielberg, Hitchcock, and every freaking director you ever thought produced a halfway decent film times 800. And that's mind. Mind has got the best sense of humor. Look at it, really. Could you imagine, could you have made up a worse, a, a badder bad guy than the Nazis? Come on. Look at their uniforms. The black uniforms with total leather overcoats with cross, cross, skull and crossbones and lightning bolts. Oh, fucking come on. They're the scariest mothers you ever saw. And this has seemingly happened. Yes. <laughs> Mind is unbelievable. Now it's like, now it's been, now it's been like stuffed into this little shoebox of self-centeredness. So all it's entertaining is, did anyone notice me coming in the room tonight? <laughs> Obsessing around this imaginary action figure all fucking day. Uh, it's really, it's true. It's like taking a marathon runner and putting him in your cellar with like a three foot by three foot track. Just have him run around, and every few trap, you know, just change the scenery so it looks this different. You know, it's, really, it's just, it's like, it's like a slavery of mind, you know, to be thinking so small, to be sensing so small, to take you as the center of the universe. Once you can see I'm not Planet Paul, everything that you thought was real and solid that was surrounding you goes into another extreme random orbit. <laughs> because all you are is an empty space. sucked up into that mental realm, but even that is being witnessed or seen. 
through consciousness, yeah? Every hell and heaven of the mental realm has been illuminated by consciousness. You can take the role as the action figure and everything here that's appearing will seem to have a real effect on you because it does have a real effect on this. A dreamt tiger can attack a dreamt object. A dreamt car can get hit by another dreamt car. Now, that fear that I inhabit that dream world about that dreamt tiger as the dreamt object, I may try to study a lot of different esoteric practices of how to live in the cage with a dreamt tiger as a dreamt object and think I'm really chilled out because it's not going to happen. I'm going to be scared shit that that thing's going to attack me. Yeah? The only solution is to wake up from the dream of being the dreamt object. Then that dreamt tiger will not scare you, obviously. Why? Because you're not the dreamt object that was being scared by it. Now the movie will continue, maybe. There'll be a dreamt tiger and a dreamt object. But the same experience or feeling of the experience will be vastly different. Vastly different. It's like your hand will be four-fifths out of the glove of the movie. Instead of jammed in there, you'll be awake. That's a, yeah. You'll be awake to the fact that all there is is consciousness. Who's awake to the fact? There isn't a who. There's just awakeness to that fact. Yeah. Right now, there's awakeness to that fact as a you that's causing it to seem to be unawake. But there's awakeness to that fact unadorned as a you, and that seems to look like here as being awake. Yeah. They're just appearances also. Because all there is is awakeness. Nothing has ever been unawake here. It's all the movement of awakeness. Dreaming, yeah? How could it not be? How could an appearance be real? How could something that came, seemingly, and is going to go be real? How could something's real for 70 years and then it's not real? And it wasn't real for eight, whatever, how many eons of years we think were before. And then suddenly it's real for 70 years on this gauge of time and space that's gone on for eons and eons and eons. And we actually give that the meaning of being real. Like, that's pretty insane, isn't it? Such, such an insignificant footprint. Yeah. You wouldn't even see it. If, you, if I moved that chair it would look as if it was never there in that space, yeah? Yeah, you look at it, there's a chair. I move it, let's say it's been here 50 years, really, it's a very important chair. So I move it. I have to move in the space that it was taking up. Did I have to get the space out of the closet that the chair was taking up? If we're going to give it the nearest sense of reality, it had to have at least taken up the space. It had to have at least moved the space out that it was in. It had to. To at least get the, the nearest sense of being real, it had to have that ability to affect the space it was appearing in. By There was a lack of... There was, that space had to be moved out for the chair to take its place. Yeah. But in a sense... You move the chair and no space had to be moved back in. 
So concerning this as the example, this, does the chair have any effect on this? It only has effect on the rub, which is an appearance, and maybe it was rubbing against the wall, which is an appearance. But in the space, does the chair have any effect? Did it take up any space? Does it leave any marking in the space? Can you see? Oh yes, I can see. I can see vaguely. This this chair was there. I can see it. No, you can only tell it was there by the rug, which is also appearancing, or let's say the wall it was rubbing against. But you can't see there's any reality of that chair in that space, can you? Let's say space is mind in a way. And let's say you and I are like chairs. We're appearing in mind. Yeah? But we are mind also. Yeah? But we're appearing in mind as a body right now. And we believe we have a huge amount of effect and reality. I mean, look how important I am. I've hurt people in this life. Maybe I shot somebody, this and that. And so I, have, I gauge my sense of reality by my effect on other things appearing. Yes? But all of that pantomime, all those actions that I thought I was a doer and have of, did it leave any mark on the space? By looking at the space, by going, let's say, to where I did my worst thing I ever did, if I went back there in my hometown and went to that corner where that event occurred, in the space of that area, there would be no sign that that ever happened. Yeah. Now, in my mental space, it's very, very important, but in the space, of all spaces, it has no significance. Yeah. Could you imagine that if they say it's true that you are spirit, which would be that sense of space, then for you're not the body, which is an appearance in the space, and that the body's appearance has actually had no effect on the space that you are, not one, nor will it ever, nor did it ever have, wouldn't that be an incredible sense of relief to the space that was taking itself to be the appearance? Wouldn't there be a little bit of more entertaining life as space than as the appearance? Wouldn't there be a new interpretation? The mind would have to enlarge its aperture and sort of start seeing that life is just happening, not live in a tunnel vision of it's happening to me. It may just have to open up and see that I'm not that significant in all these egomanical, maniacal ways or self-pitying ways or you know, grandiosity and all this, that really there are no big deals like they say in recovery. There are no big deals. You know, you'll lose interest in your quote-unquote little plans and designs. They're not that big, not that important. And in that lack of relevance, there'd be a freedom from how incredibly important you take yourself to be. So there'd be more spaciousness in the life of being the appearance. And maybe, just maybe, even though you're holding out to be special as the appearance and you've got a cherishing of the appearance, maybe and maybe that that clutching and that bonding to that idea of being a self could loosen up just by the mere satisfaction of living as space. Just by that, the greatest convincer would be your own sense of freedom. The 
mind gets withdrawn from the ass of self, pops out and just sees life in a whole new way. It glides through things that it used to always collide with. Yeah? It surrounds things that it used to always try to break through. It fits itself around circumstances instead of trying to fit the circumstances around itself. All these things start to occur and you travel lighter. If you forget, you're not the one that forgot. That's the remembering of it. Yeah? The remembering of it is that it can never be forgotten. That's the only true remembering of it, is that it is impossible to be forgotten. It is all there is. The best way to get in it is to entertain you could never possibly be out of it. The only solution to an imaginary problem is recognizing it's imaginary. That's all that is. Once you recognize it's imaginary, what else do you need to do? You'll find out. Yeah. You'll be on a need-to-know basis. Life will take a new look. Yeah. It's a nice way to go. But you can't do it as a self. It's impossible. People have been trying for thousands of years. Check it out. A self can never accept anything. It's impossible because it works on comparison. It's a dualistic construct. Self is a part of a dualistic construct. You present either, the or gets entertained. It just cannot accept. It's no way. It can tolerate, maybe, after getting whipped and beaten. It may tolerate, but it's always tolerating with an, with an agenda. I'll just tolerate, and I'll get my way. Have you ever seen someone who's done that? They've, they've coached somebody, and they're... They're putting up with the person with the hopes that I'm going to get what I really want from this person. But after three or four months, they realize they're not. They fucking go ballistic at mine. Fuck you, you. They were waiting in this form of, to of acceptance. It wasn't acceptance. It was tolerance. They were planning an, an agenda. I know they'll come around <laughs> to my way of seeing things. <laughs> Always with time, you know. So if I see I'm not that, that's that. Yeah. If I see I'm not that, there can't be a this. I'm telling you. If you see I'm not that, there cannot be a this. Not as that is seeing it. <laughs> that is seeing this as real so that it can sense itself as being real. When you see this is unreal, you will not see that as real. It will lose its effects. Yeah, the dreamer will wake up out of the dream and the dream will lose its effects on the dreamer. Because the effects only seem real to the dreamt object. It cannot seem real to the dreamer. Because the dream is well aware that it's a dream. But the dreamt object can be fucked big time here. Yeah. And most of us are living in mental states, yes? Even the idea of physicalness is a mental state. And all the mental states are happening, mental experiences, and they're all based on frames. Yes? All the conditionality and all the learning and all the DNA of what we think we are predicates certain ways of looking at things. And that sets up certain opinions and interpretations, and they create or not create, make up the arising of mental states. 
So everything could be fine, but you can think you're a victim. Everything could be wonderful, but you see everything as a threat. Da, 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 and every frame is captured by the largest frame, which is the frame of self-centeredness. Yeah. Self-centeredness, the mind gets addicted to that, and then it needs relief from that addiction. So then it starts drinking or using or shopping, and now it says, oh, I have an addiction called drinking. But the real addiction is the mind addicted to the idea of being a self, which is causing all the other addictions. All the other addictions, like for me, my first solution to alcoholism was alcohol. I was suffering from alcoholism, which is to me identification as self. I wasn't suffering, but there was the suffering of that. And therefore, the mind came up with the only thing you could come up with was a solution to get relief from that, never questioning, am I that which I'm addicted as? No, but, all right, this is creating all this irritability, restless discontent. What should I do to that I that I'm not? Let's get loaded. And that produced an addiction. So every solution I had to the problem became an addiction, became a biggest problem. And it goes on and on. And more and more, your attention leaves the source of the dilemma and goes out and out and out to the consequences of your solutions to it. Yeah? Just drugs, alcohol, whatever fucking thing happens to you. But then, your mind will even fuck with you and say, you're bad for trying to get relief. What an insane thing. What's the natural response to suffering is to try to get relief. That's what happened with me out there. You know, alcohol and drugs were my solution. They were my medicine. And society just punished me. That's all they gave me. They didn't give me another solution. They said, if you keep using, you're going to go to jail. I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. I was, as this. So I went to jail. As soon as I got out of jail, I got loaded again. <laughs> Nothing was going to stop me until I got some true relief. And that's what happened. I finally got true relief. And then that giant angst and, in, you know, irritability, restlessness, and discontent was put to rest by the simple solution. I'm satisfied now. Because my attention isn't captured by the identification of self. I've seen I'm not that, and that's that. I've never had another thought for alcohol or drugs since. It doesn't exist for me. Why is that? How could a miracle such as that happen? Ask yourself some subjective questions. Check it out. Maybe something will happen. Maybe the mind will come out of that fixated framing and open up to its nature, which is clear, clear seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Consciousness. No one being conscious, just consciousness. Because if you really, if you believe you're a body, you're going to suffer, bro. Yes, you're going to die. Your story's going to come to an end. Like I was just reading this guy I like, and he said, you know, some most people, let's say they're afraid of, of uh, that they didn't, they're afraid of, they don't want to die because of their past or something. But really the fear is because they may miss out on something in the future. Yeah? Mind is never going to be at rest as a body. It's impossible because it's coming to an end. And mind's nature isn't of time. 
So for the mind to be sentenced to a death in time when it's timeless, it's excruciating, I imagine, for it. Yet that's what's happening to it because it's identified that with something that's going to end. <laughs> Is everyone getting all these operations and plastic? They constantly want to look younger. They don't want to get old. They're afraid of what it's going to bring about. I'm going to come to an end. No more musing about how terrible I feel every day. There will be no one else to blame for my terrible condition that I'm unwilling to give up. <laughs> seeing I'm not that, what's happening? This seeing, isn't it? That's what you are. The seeing of what you're not. The seeing of what you're not is the activity of what you are. It's hard to be recognized as an appearance because you think you are what you are. But, and you believe you're a noun. So it's difficult to entertain that your, your true nature is a verb. It's never ending, it never began, it never stopped. And uh, it's always so. It's very, your minds cannot grok it. Yeah? It keeps expecting to be you somewhere. <laughs> like people believe in a rapture and they think they're going to go up to some place as a body <laughs> and, you know, have miniature golf or something up there. I don't know why. But they're always, whenever they think, they, they imagine how it's going to be, it's always for them as this. Uh, I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> if they rose as this in heaven and then they died there as this. <laughs> because it couldn't be forever. <laughs> so they went up to heaven to, as a body and then they died like a day later. <laughs> Shit, I didn't even get to play miniature golf. <laughs> I'm dead. Well, you said you wanted to go to heaven <laughs> as this. If you do want, if you want to go to heaven as this, heaven's got to end has to be an appearance, for an appearance to appear in it. Yeah. Like that old thing I do, I'm with this guy, I love this one, I've had this for years, this old story. you got to tell me afterwards if you like it or not. So there's Heaven's Door, yeah? Heaven's Door. And then there's Paul, and Paul wants to know God, you know, some insane bug up its ass. You know? So meditate a little bit, and it's sincere, and it wanted to be a, like a Jesuit, Missionary when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade. I'd go I say, I'd be reading missionary magazines. So God answers the door. I say, God, can I come in? So God looks right at me and goes, Paul, can't come in. So I just, I get sort of upset, but I actually believe I don't deserve to be there anyway. So I walk away and I say, all right, now I'm going to polish my spirituality. Meditate a lot. First, let's look like I'm spiritual. Get the whites, you know, the patchouli oil, little puka beads, maybe. Ah, yes. Look at that lovely blaze. I'm like that. All right, now I'm ready. Got my bag already. 
I come in, and he looks right at me and says, Paul can't come in. So I'm really pissed now. Before I was like, no, fuck you, God. So now I get loaded and I run around like crazy and then life kicks my ass and wash up on the shore right near God's door. And I have a revelatory event, something occurs. Yeah? So I wake up, and I get up and I knock on the door. And God answers it and I say the same thing. I say, God, can I come in? And God looks right at me and says, Paul can't come in. And I walk right by. All he was doing was stating a fact. It wasn't personal. A Paul, a Mary, a Sue, a Jim cannot come in. I, being identified as a Paul, precluded my own exile from heaven. <laughs> because I was always welcome, but not as a Paul. <laughs> That's sort of what it's like. Shift of mind a little bit. And I feel an invitation like this can be helpful, even though there's no need for help. Here it can be helpful. Because your mind already knows its true nature, it's just identified with a false one. Yeah. Any questions, thing? Walk in and just look at an orchid or two seems to be a minor figure, really. Not that important, probably, in your day, in your affairs of that day. But its ability, actually your ability as mind, to arrest mind as something other, is unbelievable. They are the most beautiful makings here. They're just unbelievable. They don't appear just as one color. They take about 12 different shades of one color. And maybe not just one, but there's like 25 of them in this arcing little display just coming off of these two little stalks. The beauty that can arrest your attention at any moment here, if you can take a little time out, even in the things we've constructed, there's a beauty in the definition of space when you sense something. But to see it in like hummingbirds or orchids or like the other day I was walking in the woods and a centipede came by. Now you know damn well the centipede isn't moving those legs. It would be way overloaded if it had to think of moving uh, like over 200 legs. Yeah? And they're moving like a perf- perfect rhythm if you see them perceptually. It's just like this something, someone like, it's like a hundred string harp that somebody just went and then, and the thing's just moving. And it's like something's going, it's here, and it's moving. It's unbelievable. And it just so happened to appear when I was walking in this certain area. Today, I'm in this, I'm hiking down a trail I haven't been to. And I'm just hiking, and then I just went, looked, and there was a freaking deer, a big one, that had no idea I was there, just grooming itself. What caused this little camera tripod to go like that. Do you think it was Paul? <laughs> Paul was probably worried about something that was hap- wasn't happening. <laughs> but whatever's living as this wanted to check out the deer.
But when he erupts so fast, all that seems to be unimportant, yes? Because we're busy going somewhere. <laughs> I've got to get somewhere. I've got to make this happen for myself. Fucking why? You think it's going to really improve your life? Has it? Has all the something you've ever gotten really made a huge difference? Yet the greatest gift is nothing, and yet it's being offered all day here? What does the orchid want from you? Fucking absolutely nothing. You're not even the one that's singing. Why not just drop being the middle man and woman, middle woman of life and let life get on with life? Let life get on with living. Let consciousness get and stay in contact with others. Yeah? Get out of there. Just see what it brings you when you're not there. I've got a huge, overly gross amount of pleasure and joy chucking around. I mean, really, it's almost obscene. If I thought I was a person, I'd have a real big complex. I don't deserve any of this. I surf, I fucking do tons of things. Joy, I mean, in the water, I can spin my board around because I have a boogie board, like a whirling dervish, and just look, and you just get this fucking unbelievable vista. You know, things moving underneath you. When are you going to allow yourself to really enjoy that? When is that 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 sort of of critiquing and judging and comparing ever going to stop over your head, so that you can actually, instead of being concerned and worried so much with all your attention, wondering what could I do to stop it, you can look out. Maybe your life would be extremely satisfying. Could be. And all you got to hope for, they don't find out. <laughs> Whoever they are. <laughs> so, this is my story. Pass the basket.